0: Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. I am on this week um, on a day where football is continuing. We've got um, football starting in about an hour now as we record, so I hope no one's made their early trades. I'm on with Pistol to discuss the round that is going to be um, entirely within our working week this week, Pistol. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm excited to see what happens this round. I've just got a feeling that it's going to be one of those rounds where Everyone's expecting everything to just go okay, you know, it's best 18, you can cop some players not playing and I'm just imagining there's just been chaos in the team announcement. so for some reason I'm really looking forward to it. That's
0: quite concerning to start the podcast. Um, disclaimer <laughs> to start off with, I have a fiancé who's on her way to the port game and a puppy between my legs at the moment underneath me and... Uh, Definitely does have the tendency, as you heard last week, to bark a lot, so I'm hoping he's relaxed because he's close to me, but I can't promise anything, so I do apologize. That
1: lucky puppy. (laughs)
0: Okay. I apologize if there's any disruptions. Uh, We're going to get into some housekeeping before we kick into the podcast. Uh, Firstly, I'll give a shout out to the new Patreons that have signed up during the week. We've got ourselves a few new Patreons, actually, so we'll start off with Bo. Welcome, both. Better Bombers is in. Tom Walter. Abel Grant from Twitter. Um, he's everywhere on Twitter. So welcome to you, Abel. Long time. Uh Peter Holmes has joined and Tom. So I hope I pronounced that correctly, Tom. I've uh got a history of mispronouncing that, that name. It's a bit of a weird spelling, so um welcome to the uh, the, the group and I'll tell you what, Slack is in some ridiculously fine form. We actually... How's this for a story, Pistol? I know you're around it, but we have uh, one of our first ever sign-ups to Patreon has just now joined the Slack channel after years of paying for it. (laughs) Uh, Just sent us an email asking what this Slack channel is. we keep discussing on the on the uh, podcast and <laughs> wanted to join in. So, welcome to you as well, mate. After years of being a patron but not in the slack, he, I'm sure he's realizing now what he's missed out on. It's amazing in there. So, uh, good to have you in as well. And I believe we've got a few Cancer Council donations as well, Pistol.
1: We do. We have quite a lot. First up, Schmidty Bazlenka says, I can't believe one of the most reliable injury-free players, Hill, cost me a donut. So, that was a donate for donut. Thank you for there. Blind have got. We've got Chris, who's donated. He said, had a hill to climb after the donut. Uh, DTS has donated four donuts. Thank you, Stephen. So there's a lot of um, hill-related donations at the moment, so we do appreciate that. Next, we have Benny Buzzboy. He says, lost head-to-head with both Wellesley and JV. Uh, Grandi, Grandi, where art thou, Grandi? So... Or Shakespeare. I should have pre-read all of these because I don't know what I'm getting into while I'm just reading them live <laughs> on the podcast. Um, Tristan Webster says uh, ten dollars because I am not worthy of being on the same team as Al, and ten dollars for trading noble to keen. What was I thinking? You were not um, That's the answer to that question. <laughs> okay. For next up, we have Brandon, who donated. Um, oh man, I went too early on the story. Yeah, you went way too early on the story and you've um, kind of ruined it. But anyway, he he took 18 months to join Slack. I think he was our eighth ever patron. And uh, yeah, he's just asked what Slack is. So good to finally get involved. And he's already in the top 50, I think, um, overall on Supercoach as well. So uh, mammoth effort, congrats to you. Uh, we have Andrew Levesque. He said, I've got Noble on the field every round this year and left him on the bench when I could have fielded no, him over Stark no. and still had Stark score. Um, if he didn't play, so that's a uh, donate for dumb things. We've got Harry from Slack with a very generous donation. He says one times donation for a doodle shaped donut this week. Okay. Uh, Decided to take Neil and a donut over Stuart and Simpson. Oh, no, why? Ouch. He goes, uh, one times donation for trading in Viney in round two and leaving him on the bench okay. and donate for dumb things. That's definitely ideal hey. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, one times donation for trading in Rankin and leaving him on the bench. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> his
0: only punch. other good score. <laughs> he benched his only other ton. He, d-
1: he does say, in my defense, I did both of these trades at about 5.30am on a Saturday morning before going out bush with no phone reception for a day, but all I hear is excuses. Oh, You can only Next, use we that we one have... once.
0: You can't do it on, on multiple. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-off. We
1: have Damiano has said donating for dumb things. Um, said Simpson and Watson won't play on Slack and then they combine for a score of 150 plus. <laughs> it's always good when someone makes a bet and then backs it up with a cancer council bet and then actually follows through and donates. So we do appreciate that. Absolutely. We have AG Anthony Jerlinger says, traded too early. Dodie out left me with a donut. Oh, Donate for donuts for him. And lastly, we have Seeker, donating for dumb things. He's traded Noble and King this week. Oh. Um, he got in Ling to field for Duda. Uh, he also could have got Stuart, but saved 7.5k and, and got Baz Smith instead. So, oh, that is a horror story. He would have been story. better off
0: keeping the rookies. <laughs> oh, my. <no. laughs> <laughs> That's shocking.
1: It's bad luck. Okay. So... JB, we did skip how we went this week, um, so I'll throw to you, how'd you go this week?
0: Uh, well, I I was deceived actually, I thought I went pretty well, I scored 23-19, uh, but I actually lost rank, so I'm only a couple of hundred uh, in the 5k range now, I think 5.8k ranked after 5.5 5 the week prior, so... Um, lost rank on what I thought was a pretty decent week, but I've got some pretty big trade ins this week, so I'm excited to make that right back up. What about yourself,
1: mate? Uh, two weeks on the trot now that I've fallen in rank, I think, and, and also scored worse than you and Cheeser, which is never a good sign. Um, Cheeser coming with a two, three ninety this week, but oh only 2.309 oh for myself, fallen to um, just within the top 800, although I did hold due day and do have 300k in the bank, so i am planning on doing the, the double Stuart and Duncan. Um, upgrade this week so hopefully we can get a lot more points on field if Duda does come back so not too worried yet um, but you know it's never great having two weeks sliding uh, in a row.
0: No that's actually the opposite of great it's kind of what you're not going for. Um, we're going to get into exactly what the podcast has been about this year we're going to get into the questions from Slack they're going to drive the talking points as they have for the entirety of the year it's hard to sort of do a a review and then preview considering i mean the next round starts tonight and the the last one finished yesterday so um it, we do thank slack for all the questions that we get sent in they they do help us provide this content so i'm going to get straight into it and pistol i hope you've got the list up cuz i might throw to you to answer or read out a question or two so um, we're going to start off with LT Fables, Luke Clerk is his name. These names Can we can we
1: can we just not answer a slack question and just talk about going to, to begin the podcast? I feel like I mean, it it's will definitely get asked. That everyone about. wants. Okay, so you want yeah, to just but,
0: cut out a, a whole bunch of people's shout-outs and just sort of spit yes. in their face for being involved in slack and paying to get on the
1: podcast? Correct. That would be fantastic. Thank you okay, for okay. Our understanding. So, oh. all we know at the moment is Max Gorn has had some sort of scan um, and he is in some sort of doubt to play this week. Um, We're going to make an assumption that it's some sort of soft tissue injury. We don't know where it is on the body. JB, are you leaning towards holding him with these congested fixtures or are you leaning to trading him? Just go right into it.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if this is even contentious. I was going to say it's a bit contentious. I'm definitely going to be holding Gorn. As far as we know at the moment, he's still about a 50 50 chance to play this weekend. That uh, this weekend, this weekday. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it's, it's so it's so 50-50 default to say for
1: Wednesday. Him. Yes, <laughs>
0: um, and that sort of tells me that at the very worst case scenario, if we do miss him in this best 18 format. Um, the replacement for me would be someone, I mean, not replacement, but if I were to trade around his donor, I'd be getting in someone like Draper, um, and he might not even be in my best 18 as it is. So of all the rounds in the season for Gorn to miss, this is probably the best one with best 18 scoring. Um, I'm I'm pretty much just happy to um, test the waters, see if he plays. Um, we do know Gorn does have a pretty good... Um, history when it comes to getting up from injury, so I would back in the uh, the Melbourne skipper to play, and if he doesn't, then I, I, it's not going to lose me too much. I, I assume I'll cop a little bit of a ranks here, um, considering those who don't have him or those who do trade him um, are likely to get an extra premium score on top of my uh, rookie, so maybe 30, 40 point drop there. Um, but the rounds following where he's been, you know, averaging one hundred and fifty plus, are probably just going to be. For making those points straight back up
1: so I'm kind of looking at it differently I'm thinking Max Gorn potentially soft tissue lots of run lots of games coming up um, and I'm just running through everything I've said about in this condensed fixture and I'm scared that Luke Jackson will play you know a half in the ruck and Gorn will rest forward so I went and looked at the fixtures to see what games um, Melbourne would have in this time and I noticed they're playing Adelaide and then North Melbourne, two games that I expect them to win quite comfortably. Oh, and I'm thinking, if Gorn is playing, that's a big call in these games. Away. Yeah, it is. If Gorn's playing in these games, I, I don't see why they would not like. I, I'm assuming they're going to win. Both of those teams currently are not playing uh, high level footy. Um, if he's playing, sore, I. I just. I don't feel great about his chances of scoring well, and also I don't feel great about his chances of even playing. I, I would think if you if they're going to give him a week off, you know, just let him miss these two games. They'll probably win without him, and then they've got Collingwood, and he'll, I'd say, if he's going to get up for a game, it's going to be, you know, against Grundy, hundred percent ruck time stuff. I just feel like where this is a two-week injury, and yes, it falls during that bye rounds, but I'm not sure with what type of injury he has how long the long term effects will be from this injury and whether or not we're better off potentially trading him let's say for Goldstein who's had you know a phenomenal season and has three teams with essentially no ruckmen um depending on gone as he is meant to play him um you know they've got Geelong who don't have a ruck and then they've got um Brisbane and uh Melbourne, I forgot Melbourne, Gone plays for Melbourne I was like, which is that other team so he's, got, he's got three I guess of the best Ruck battles that he can have in the next three weeks as well I just feel like the points are there for the taking, I wish it wasn't best 18, because then it would be a no-brainer for me um, Although JB, I, I know I'm going on kind of a long rant, I do feel like I should say I'm coming from a place of ...I guess some sort of bias... ...in that I've got Conroy at D3... ...so it's not easy for me to get Draper... ...I'd have to do an upgrade from Conroy to Draper... ...I do feel like if I was in the position... ...where I had had a DPP Ruck as my R3... ...I would be downgrading somebody to Draper's R3... ...and holding Gorn... um, ...definitely throughout this... ...I guess uncertainty... ...but there is that I guess... ...little um, problem with my side... ...that I don't have that flexibility... ...and therefore... I am leaning towards trading and because of that.
0: Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. Firstly, um, Melbourne at the moment sitting on three wins for the season actually below North Melbourne on the ladder. They're not above <laughs> many other people. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what they think they're going to be doing in regards to finals this season or what a pass mark is for the Melbourne Football Club. But I would assume they're only... Um, superstar player in Max Gorn would be quite important and quite high up on their priority list to get games into. Um, I don't think they can afford to go into any game, whether it be Adelaide, North Melbourne or, or anyone. Um, just assuming they've got the win and their the comfortable victory at that. I know they've been somewhat competitive and they were competitive against Brisbane last week, but they were a no-show against Port Adelaide this week, just gone. Um, I would say they need to get wins and wins now. Um, I don't think Gorn can really be in their plans for... Dragging out an injury because they've got easy opponents. Um on that as well, if if Gorn does play this week and, and over the next couple and is a little bit underdone and rests forward, I mean they've of all the teams that you would possibly be okay with Gorn resting forward on, Crows and North Melbourne are probably two of them. Um <laughs> yes. Sydney might be another one, and uh due to their height, Fremantle might be the last one. So um, I'm not overly concerned. I don't think he's exactly going to pump out a sixty or even an eighty. I still think he'll be he'll be averaging a ton and over. Um, he's a chance to play this week, Pistol. You, you might trade out someone who scores one hundred and fifty this week for you know Goldstein, who and I do enjoy Goldstein's game, but he's had a score of sixty and a score of one hundred in the last three as well. So it's not like he's exactly dominating the competition in the ruck. So. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 firmly in the camp of of holding Maxi I think. I think it's just too risky on the other end.
1: Goldie still got a 140 last week and you know he's still averaging you know he's the number 2 ruck this season. Um ahead of Grundy. So it's not like he's a, a you know massively poor option in comparison to Gorn either. Um but yeah, I I think taking into account what I'd said earlier in the season about not Really thinking Gorn is amazing value during this condensed fixture run. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is a season where I just need to kind of man up and just stick with my just stick with my thoughts and back in my gut and just just go for it. I agree um, with that
0: absolutely. And I'm, yeah. I'm kind of not trying to talk you or anyone out of it that's thinking like you. But I also think if you're if you're like me and um, you firmly believe Gorn could play and could score extremely well this week, still. Um, even despite the injury risk um, then you also need to back your gut and um, I don't think I've had a second thought on keeping or trading Gorn if they announced it was three weeks then entirely different story Um, he's out of my team but at the moment for a potentially one missed game during a best 18 it's just not enough for me
1: what do you think about Trading him to, like, I assume we're both talking with you're trading him, you're trading him to Goldstein as like a a no brainer. Is there any other option that you would consider if you were in the camp of trading him? uh, Who would you potentially trade him for?
0: No, it'd be Goldstein, the only other player that could really try and match him with score within at least maybe 10 to 20 points. Um, Yeah, I'd, I'd want to maximize that. And they're both sort of at the opposite end of the spectrum in in terms of their price. Um, It's pretty perfectly timed. Uh, Goldstein's really bottomed out and Gorn's very, very much so the uh, the highest price that he'll likely see for the rest of the season. Um, So it does make sense in that regard as well. Uh, It ticks a lot of boxes, but I still would just err on the side of caution. Um, I don't want to be stuck with, you know, Goldstein if he starts pumping out low tons and and Gorn's back into his, you know, last 10 weeks form and, and losing 50 points a week sort of thing. So... Um which is a likely possibility. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I'd be shocked I if mean, that happened.
1: To be fair that Goldstein, since I think round eleven last year, he's averaged like a hundred and twenty plus. Oh, so I, I know, I agree. Yeah, I'm I not agree. expecting a hundred flat, you know. No, 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 no. So I'm not not a
0: hundred flat, but you, you could easily lose thirty points a week and and not look at Goldstein as underperforming, but just look at Gorn as the premier ruckman in the competition.
1: <laughs> you know what says it all? It's he's got a break even, I think it was like Two hundred and seventeen, off the top of my head. He a chance uh, to hit it. Yeah, he, he, it doesn't say zero percent <laughs> next to it. It says two percent chance to hit using the the super. Would you be shocked? Stats. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't really be shocked against you know two of the really bottom teams that they could smash if he was playing <laughs> in the ruck. Um, the whole game, you know, by himself. He he's a chance to hit 217 points, which is scary when I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna trade him out this week. The casually. only thing <laughs> that I'm really
0: against is trading him to Draper because um it'd be so difficult to spend that money with the thought in mind that Draper could easily you know be rested one week. I mean the man's coming off a an ACL I'm pretty sure so um I'd say it's unlikely he plays every single game for the rest of the season. Um, and if you're just waiting out the price difference between the two, what do you do with that money? I mean, you, you maybe make 200k from that if Draper makes 100 and Gorn drops 100, but even still, you're expecting Gorn to have another sub parish ish score uh, for what he's been producing. Back-to-back 150s, as we've seen with Lockie Neal, can still catch the player at a decent price and very hard to upgrade up to, so um, I'm really against the Draper move. What about yourself? Gorn so- to Draper, that is.
1: Yeah, go on to Draper. It's, so it's interesting. I'm against it, but for slightly different reasons. I do think that given in these current four-week uh, scenario where we get three trades per week, you can really spend the cash. So it does make sense if you go and go on to Draper. You're like, whoopee, I've got you 600 know, k in the bank. I'll just, with my other two trades, trade two rookies to two super premiums. And yes, you know your team looks bloody fantastic. But I'm thinking... Well, if Gorn is actually injured and they've got in Draper and Gorn doesn't play for two weeks, you know, we're getting into a part of the season where we don't know how many trades we'll be getting per week, but very realistically, we could be back down to two trades per week. And all of a sudden, you need to bridge a 500k difference between Draper and Gorn because you're going to want to, you know, get back, you want to get Gorn back into your side, you know, as quickly as possible. Um, Even if you waited two more weeks for that price fall, as you said, it's still going to be. You know, 400k price difference and having only two trades per week to raise 400k we're talking either a double downgrade the previous week potentially three downgrades to be able to afford one upgrade to draper so potentially four trades to go from draper to gone um, i just don't think it's the gap is enormous to try and bridge i don't think that it's feasible with only two trades per week you'd just be caught behind for a really really long time um trying to get him back in so uh, that, that that's why for me it's a pass
0: i absolutely agree my dog is being such a absolute feral right now so apologies again if you can hear that um it looks like he's finished what he was eating and now he's taking out on uh, on me so um I think that concludes the Gorn Talk. Um it's it's interesting uh how we both see differently on it and um it's fair to say we're both having half decent seasons so far and both decent super coaches. So the fact that we see so differently is what makes this game uh so interesting is that there are so many tactics that can get you an advantage on the opposition, it just depends how you exploit them. So um we are gonna move into the questions now if that's okay, Pistol.
1: Yes, please, take us away. <laughs> okay, so
0: Um, As shouted out already, uh, Luke asks, how many trades should we aim to have left in this weird season post-full premium? So um, I'll quickly get into this one before you can answer there, Pistol. Um, I'm making a couple of sideways trades this week. Um, I think I've upgraded and picked out value players really well so far this season. And, um, I've discovered that if I sideways two people this week, which I actually see as more of an upgrade, (laughs) okay.
1: (laughs) Just keep going. It's it's all good. (laughs) Um,
0: I see as more of an upgrade anyway. Um, I'll still be left with three trades full premium if I go Um, one up one down each trade. Um, I think that's kind of the minimum that you'd want, three trades. Um, If it weren't for getting in Lockie Neal and Stewart with these two sideways, I probably wouldn't even be considering it. But um, I think if you have at least three trades, then you're going well. If you have less than, then you might need to consider more value options.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question um, because we don't know for sure what's going to happen with trades uh, later in the season. So, for example, if they do another um, batch of fixtures in a you know condensed time frame. Uh, Supercoach is going to give us another four trades. You know the precedent has been set, as well as you know the best eighteen. The giving of the trades, you know that's also a precedent in itself, um, separate from the best eighteen. So I think it's possible that if they have condensed fixtures at some point in the season, um, that we might get more trades. But I wouldn't bank on it because you can't plan your team around something that is an entirely like we're just guessing um that that could happen so um to answer your question properly look you just need to finish your team um, and try and do it with more than you know two three trades left i think for me personally after this week um, i'll have three rookies on field at d6 m8 and f6 and i'll have 11 trades left so um i feel like i can finish my side with five or so trades depending on the the Goldie gone situation. What I do there um, if I actually go through with it, you know, then I'll need, um, I guess, to have gone in my side at some stage of the season. We'll need to use another trade, but um, just little things like that um, I don't think will make up too much of a difference if you have five, four, three trades left at full premium.
0: The next question is from M asking if Draper is worth in a trade at R3. Um, I think this more so targets the people that have a non-playing R3 at the moment. Do you think it's worth maybe an upgrade to Draper? It might cost them 20k and uh, stall another trade. Or is it more so worth for those who have someone like Darcy Cameron and can swing or you know maybe downgrade Darcy Cameron or whatever it might be. So is it worth upgrading to Draper, especially with this Gorn news?
1: Absolutely. I think Draper is a top trading option as a rookie this week. If you have a DPP R3, I would definitely swing them forward and uh, downgrade a forward rookie or midfield rookie to um, Draper as your R3. Otherwise, you know, if you have Conroy like I do, um, I really want to get Draper. I think next week I might just need to pay the extra 40k um, for him because the players that I want to bring in, like Duncan, the points are worth more to me and he will also rise like 30k so realistically you know if I were to get Duncan next week and Draper this week I'm only spending 10k more Um, but by getting in Duncan and Stewart this week I'm getting a lot more points on my field so um, I might have to pay you know 40-50k for Draper but I'll definitely be looking to get him in because Ruckman score really well I expect him to play games maybe not as a 100% Ruck he'll have some you know, resting forwards, he is coming off an ACL, but just to have that rut cover throughout the rest of the season could be super valuable, so he's somebody that I'm really looking forward to having in my side.
0: Yeah, I can't get him this week as um, it really jeopardizes my other trades, but he's one that I'll look to spending up to, yeah, like you said, 50k to upgrade to, which um, is a little bit painful, but at the same time, like you said, they generally make for the best cash cows, so um, someone that we can really look at to make us um, money whilst also providing good cover as well during the condensed fixtures. Um, I'm going to get into the next question. It's from Benny. Um, asks, Duncan this week or hold and get um, Tom Mitchell slash uh, Creep slash fly next week. Um, says that Stewart's in this week regardless um, but can do Duncan as well. But, you know, it would stretch the, uh, the money and leave him short for next week. So, um, I guess he's trying to ask if we can prioritize Tom Mitchell, Patrick Cripps, Nat Fife, and um, Mitch Duncan as trading options.
1: I think uh, I'm not sure people are fully aware of how well Duncan is scoring this season. Like, the dude is averaging more than Fife was averaging before Fife's injury. Like, he's going at. Nearly 130 average outside of his injury affected game. I think it's like 126 or 127 or something like that. So he's the best midfield option outside of locking Neil. Basically, maybe McRae's in you know a vein of a form at the moment. So I don't really see a reason to delay getting Duncan when he's well and truly outscoring Titch and Crips and and all of that. And he, he's not that much more expensive than Crips, 40k more. And 40K less than Tom Mitchell. um, I don't think I would be delaying getting him at all. His scoring is fantastic this season, and it's one of those things where you can't really overthink it, kind of in the Jack Steele type of uh, way of thinking, where you you don't really overthink it. You see them scoring well every week, and you just get them in. Um, And he's going to rock it close up to 600K. Um, I think I would be getting him in over almost everyone at the moment, JB.
0: I really like Duncan. I think people are a little bit scared off because... He feels like that second option on Geelong, but I I just don't see him that way. Danger sort of digressed a little bit, and Selwood has um well, more than Dangerfield. But I, I feel like Duncan coming into his prime, great ball user this year. He's a contested beast as well. Um, I, I just really see him going forward as he should have in the last couple of years, I thought. And being that number one guy for Geelong, so I think he's just the best option. I would have probably got him in at six hundred and twenty k, even if he didn't drop in price later on. So um, this price at the moment is an absolute steal. Next question is going McGrath, Simpkin, and Rankin for Stewart, Neil, and Draper. This is from Zach with eleven trades left, four premiums to go. Thoughts? Okay. Um, well, this we're is we're
1: gonna have to talk about Simpkin here, aren't we? Yeah. So this is specific,
0: but what I'm going to target exactly is the the Simpkin aspect. What do you think after three scores in the fifties? Um, had that ankle injury, had the tag afterwards, and then, um, was met with a bit of inefficiency, um, combined with a rare North Melbourne flogging, um, and playing up forward a little bit. What are your thoughts on him? Is can he turn it around? Is he still a premium? He's now dropping a lot of price.
1: I just want to point out for everybody. I bought Simpkin at 544K at the end of round five. I wasn't and he's returned, it. He returned at 127, and I was over the moon. I'm like, yes, this bloke is unbelievable. He hurt his ankle and he scored 57, 35, 56 in the next three and has lost 120K. He's going to end up losing close to 200K since I brought him in. It's tanked. I, I, w- I had a hot start, obviously, um, you know, inside the 200K really early on. And bringing him in has stalled <laughs> has stalled that progress. Uh, what a disaster. But look, he hurt his ankle and it was really obvious that he was struggling that game. But he's still a ball magnet. So he racked up the points. Um, against Adelaide, he had a lot of first quarter touch. I think it was 9 or 7 or something like that. Um but the problem is, he had so many clangers. He was using he was using it. I think it was twelve percent efficiency in the first quarter. Yep. So his super coach score was so low, and then you know the game kind of got out of balance. So that scaling wasn't there for him as well. He couldn't really get into it. And then in the second half, he was limping around at halftime, and then they rested him forward, um, for a lot of in that second half. So I don't think he's fully fit from that ankle, which is very frustrating. But I see enough signs there that I think, you know what, when he is fit and his ankle isn't sore, he's still going to be that ball magnet midfielder that's going to return good scores this season. I don't think these 50 scores are the new norm um, for Simpkin. I think we're going to see 100s as soon as his ankle is healed up. My problem is I don't know when that will be and how long it will take, and these fixtures are coming hard and fast, and I just don't know if he's going to be able to put out some good scores over the next you know, three rounds, which is essentially a week and a half.
0: I've owned Simpkins since round two, so maybe I've got a little bit more confidence than you do due to that, but I feel like he's he's really one week away. He's been building. Um, last week with the tag was less than ideal circumstances, but his first half in this game in terms of possessions was good. Efficiency, obviously, as you said, was bad. I think he was handballing more than he was kicking, maybe due to that ankle. I'm not a doctor, so I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, but I feel like he's only one week away from getting back to that premium scoring. And when he finds it again, he will be as he was in the, the first half of the season. And he's just a player that when I'm thinking of full premium, he's almost in the top two or three players that I would consider getting in the forward line. i um, very lucky for those who don't have him because they're going to get him for very cheap. Um, but like I said, I, I wouldn't be using the trades. I don't think we have enough trades to really push out these types of players that we will want to get back in. There's, a bit of a difference between sideways trading underperforming players out that you know you won't want back and sideways trading underperforming premiums out that you think for a fact that you'll probably get back in your side. So I'm not sure we have trades for the latter. Um, I barely have trades for the first one, and I've traded pretty well this season. So i um, not sure we sit on that pistol, but I think Simpkins a hard keep for me.
1: No, I, I do agree. I don't know if it, it wasn't clear with what I was saying, but I, I do think that everything lines up for him and we just need to suffer through yeah. the poor scores and you know when he does turn it around people that don't have him should jump on i think there's a potential that he heals up and then averages 100 from that point onwards so for me if he sits at f6 it's not the worst thing in the world at least he's got the potential to explode whereas in past seasons my f6 has ended up just being a nuffy, and that i could that i was my one of my last trades and i was like yeah i can't afford him so i'll just get him
0: a Nuffy. You've used Nuffy on the podcast. I love that. Um the next question's from Smitty who says who is more of a priority to trade in, Stuart or Duncan? So um this is a tough question and I'm pretty happy that I went with Duncan last week so I could get Stuart this week with no issues. Um but the the comparison between the two I think is difficult because um It's very team-dependent, or it can be very team-dependent. If you've got someone like Ling on your field in defense, um, and this would get them away from your field, um, I think Stewart is a better option in terms of he'll score you more points and make you the same amount of money. They've both got a break-even in the 30s. Um, However, total points for the rest of the season, you'd expect Duncan to to win that battle. So um, it's an interesting one. I, I feel like Stewart is probably fitting for most people's needs in their teams at the
1: moment. So I actually think this is super interesting because it's a best 18 week. So usually I think what you said is 100% spot on, you know, upgrade and get the weakest player off your field. But in a best 18 scenario, I don't think it matters. Like if I had Ling at my F6 and he's just going to fall out of my best 18 anyway, then I may as well just get Duncan because I think he's going to score more and therefore be more expensive next week um and stuart's not gonna be out of grasp either you know he's still projected to go up to about 470 which is it's a nice a and kind price yeah so i would be targeting duncan and getting those points um on my field for this week and then grab stuart next week and i say that and now i just See this like Luke McDonald tag and Duncan finish the game with like 60 points, and uh, yeah, that's now that's what's going through my mind.
0: (laughs) No, Luke McDonald can't tag, Um, Bont just can't get through any attention. Um, I think McDonald tried to tag uh, Dustin Martin, who wasn't even in form the week prior, and he still went bananas on him, so I wouldn't be too stressed about that. McDonald was back in defense last week anyway, not tagging, so. Um, we're going to move on to the next question. It's Duffer asking, I'm in lockdown and keen for entertainment. How frequently will you guys be podcasting during this rapid fire round? So um, I usually wouldn't answer this on podcast, but it's probably good for everyone to know while we're here. Uh, I think we're going to try and podcast at the end of every round. Um, it might've been better to podcast last night instead of today, but then we wouldn't have had the gore news. So it's going to be very touch and go. Um, we might go into the um, or release the podcast after the first round or so, the first game has already been played. Um, Hopefully that's not the case um, more times than not, but it just might have to be. Um, But pretty much we're going to be podcasting for every round still. We're going to be keeping up as much as possible. So maybe if you can just hold off the trades on the first game of the week um, when you can, which you should be anyway, um, we should have a podcast out by the time you're ready to go.
1: So... Are you talking Saturday morning podcast, JB?
0: Yeah. So at the moment, it's looking like we're going to be doing a Saturday morning podcast uh, this week,
1: if nothing comes up. Um, it's an emergency. That will be fantastic. Lock it, lock us in a nice uh, a nice date for us, JB.
0: Oh, that's. I'm looking forward to it now, Pistol. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> um, James H asks, "Will JB's dog be live on the podcast tonight?" Yes, already he has been. Um, I've just actually kicked him out of the room because he was being a proper psycho. So um, I'm not sure if he will start tearing the door down in a second or what, but he's very unpredictable pistol and he was calm at the start and calm in the 30 minutes of chat beforehand, but now he's, he's lost the plot. So Em's um, the next question asks, is Chizo still alive? I'll leave this one to you, Pistol. I think you've had the most recent contact with Chiso. Uh
1: I believe he is still alive. He has put together our Dr. Supercoach cup draw in fantastic fashion, I think we had a record-breaking number of entries. It was over 200. I didn't have the exact number on me. It was like 208 or 210, something like that. Um, so thanks to everyone for getting involved in that. Um, looking forward to it. I, I did notice that uh, Chizo's draw seems a little bit light on compared to you <laughs> and I, JP. I think he deserves but, uh, it. <laughs> um you look the random number generator doesn't lie apparently um so mm. we'll just uh we'll, we'll go with that one but a big big thanks to him and his hard work behind the scenes because that took a lot longer than these podcasts take so absolutely uh, we do really appreciate it
0: i think we expect to see him again soon as well I, I miss his voice i don't listen to myself on the podcast and i actually need advice so i'd like him to replace me on a podcast so i can actually um, have a listen.
1: <laughs> so you can take my advice again?
0: Uh, probably not, but um, <laughs> we'll move on to the next question. It's Al, and I know this is um, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but I'm going to answer it seriously and talk about the incoming rookie for the round. Our um, asks, does JB like Woodcock as much as Pistol likes Cox? Um, probably not. You do like Cox quite a lot, um, but Woodcock, uh, I just don't... He's job security this week. I know a lot of people have spoken about jumping on early. Um, he, he could have some of the worst job security of any rookie ever in the game's history. I mean, he's replacing an injured Brad Ebert for a week, and then probably goes back out, or Motlop's fit, or you know, one of the several players on the sidelines just replaces him. So, um, look, if he has an absolute belter of a game, and I, I know he's a talented kid, um, but I just find it far too difficult to to imagine him in the side for more than two weeks.
1: Well, look, we'll get to revisit that one on Saturday because we'll know how he plays. It's too late by the time this podcast comes out True, anyway. Actually, so if you, I didn't even think if you about got that. Woodcock, good luck. If you didn't get him, no stress. Um, take us to the next question.
0: Okay. Do we even have, this is from H, asks, do we even have six decent forwards this year? So he lists that he has Whitfield, Petrarca, Dusty, and Brayshaw he's pretty happy with, but keen on bringing in Walters. Who else could be top six? He was interested in Simpkin and Greenwood, but both have gone well off the boil. I don't think Greenwood's gone well off the boil. In fact, um, I think after this this week, I'm really interested in looking at him in a couple of weeks. I think he's still um, pegged in for a top four finish um, from here on out. So um, he was just outclassed on the weekend. The game wasn't for him. Um, It wasn't crash and bash like he's used to. Um, Zero tackles for the first time. Um, this season, not only the first time, I think he's. I uh, don't think he's gone. Probably by five. ever. Who knows? Hey,
1: <laughs> probably ever. Who knows? It Didn't, could be. Haven't a. haven't done the pre pod research. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True, um, but he he will go one hundred plus for the rest of the season. I am pretty confident of that. So um, he's on my radar. I am not. I am a non owner. So that score um, was very good to see.
1: Yeah, he's got a five round average of one hundred and thirteen. I would still suggest that as the top highest scoring <laughs> forward this season. That he's one to get um i think uh i think he mentioned walters so i'm not going to say him because that one's relatively obvious um bailey smith is a kind price i'm interested to see with the return of dunkley what actually happens to bailey smith um, if he's impacted or mcrae is pushed out wide or Pelly is a permanent forward i'm not sure um but i'm very interested to see you know how he can finish the season but i think he can be up there i guess other names of players that are You know, Wingard can go on tears, but I'd kind of stay away. Gresham has a five round average of 99. However, he does seem to beat up on um, some of the easier teams. So I'm not too sure I would look there. Jack Martin has still got a five round average of 100. I mean, he's slowed down in his last three weeks. Um, But you have to consider him. He's he's currently the eighth highest scoring forward. So, um, you know, he's still averaging um, 95. So. I, I wouldn't just you know laugh at that and say there's not um six goods going forwards it, it's actually a funny question now that i think about it jB because last season if there was a 95 averaging forward we'd be like oh yeah that's that's awesome <laughs> this year we've been so spoiled for choice there's with a lot all of our options. forwards scoring so highly <laughs> that you know it's a it's like a different different type of ball game but i definitely think there's six good options uh, particularly if we already have Brayshaw. i think you can manage to find a couple more.
0: At least, I think it's um it's harder to pick when you've got players like Brayshaw who are um the less obvious picks who are dominating at the moment. Um, we'll go yeah. into the next question. It's new guy or not so new guy. Um, I think it's pronounced Echizen, Echizen, Echizen. I don't know. Um, sorry about that, but
1: don't ask me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, he says hi guys. Pulling the plug on Rankin now a good idea. Blah, 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 blah. So pretty much I just want to talk about Rankin. Um, He's had two bad scores, and I think he is the number one trade-out option this week for one reason only, and that is his roll pistol. I don't know if you were able to watch Gold Coast play on the weekend, but he was...
1: Of course I was. Love that.
0: <laughs> um, he was not the high half forward that he was in the first two rounds that he played. Um, in fact, he barely visited the wing or any stoppages on the wing like he did in the first couple of rounds, which helped his score tick over. Um, he was full forward. He was leading out of the square. He was the number one option, which is good for him, uh, probably good for Gold Coast, but I don't think it's good for his super coach output at, at all. Um, I'm looking at way, way higher variance than what I expected um, with the first couple of weeks of gameplay. And now, for that reason, he's out of my team.
1: Yeah, so Brandon asks a good question because I think most people would want to keep him after those two tons. And Gold Coast have, I guess, a decent enough draw um, coming up as well. So I think uh, if they were able to snag a win, um, I guess St Kilda are much better this season than in seasons past. But Essendon, the game after, I think they could put up a fight as well. Um, I think people are expecting him to... I guess, put out another ton, but honestly, his break-even is almost at the ton mark, and even if he does score a ton, the money that he's going to make is probably within 50K, and if you can trade him out now to somebody else like Duncan who's going to rise 50K this week, then I don't really see a reason that you need to hold him, Um, except if you planned on holding him the whole year as some sort of uh, F7 to like loophole with somebody. Um, Maybe you have... Uh, smith or rosie and you're planning on holding them because of a trade situation or a trade problem number of trades problem i should say um so for me i think that it's totally fine if you want to trade him out and uh i wasn't planning on it and now i'm thinking i'll just do it and you know keep someone else another week that can make a little bit more money and then get rid of them next week so just like flicking the trades around since we got three a week
0: Okay, well, I've got one more question to ask, and I um would like you to go onto the questions thread pistol because I know you don't usually do that. You just leave it all for me. Um, and yes. just look at the second to last question because that's the one that you're going to be reading out next. Wushka asks a question specifically for you, so um, we'll get through this one, then I'll have you read out that one, and we'll probably wrap up after that. So, um, <clears throat> Paul, <laughs> Paul has um lent us into the captaincy corner, which. Um, formerly known as the Gorn Corner might have to be renamed this week. Um, asks McRae into Neil, so we do have to do captaincies. Obviously, the round is starting. What are your thoughts? We obviously shouldn't really or couldn't, can't really discuss McRae considering he's already played. But um, for me, Lockie Neil is the most obvious VC option that we've had all year.
1: Um, honestly, if I got Goldstein, I'd probably be looking at doing Neil. Into I mean, it's we're going to take Neil anyway, but um, it's
0: it's genuinely yeah, Neil, Neil into, into by player.
1: Uh, yeah, Neil into Goldstein. Neil into Grundy has a really good record against Swan, so <laughs> like I'd Grundy probably be looking there. I just I just I mean I'm probably going to jinx it now, but it's hard to think anyone's going to do much better. I guess Jack Steele um, is an option this week um, against Gold Coast. I captain him to last you know, week. In, in yeah, in his form, it's pretty hard to, to go against that. But otherwise what about what about Neil into Duncan, since a lot of people are gonna get him in?
0: I don't mind it. I was even thinking Neil into someone like Oliver or Petrarca, but you'd need Gorn to play, um, give them silver service. But I kinda don't mind either of those options as a midfield, um, against the Crows who concede to big midfielders. Um so uh, yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of options this week, but at the end of the day, we're really just discussing Neil into someone or Neil into your loophole pretty much. So if you don't have Lockie Neil, it's a bit more of a tricky situation. Um, again, McRae's already played, but I think I'd sort of advise um, elsewhere anyway with Dunkley coming back. Actually, no, I don't think I would. I think I'd, I think I'd still go with McRae. I think um, Bevo surely learnt that he's better off in the inside, so I expect him to score 140. Um Besides that, though, who are the real options if they've missed their, their bulldogs VC and now don't have Lockie Neal and don't oh my have Gordon? Gosh, and
1: That's you awesome. don't if Gons out. I guess you go, huh, you go have a little bit of a cry in the corner, um, and then like when you finish with that, you probably look at doing Grundy into a, a, a maybe a Kelly um, if you have him.
0: Oh my maybe gosh! Yeah.
1: Maybe a Whitfield. He looked really, really good last week. Like fully back in form. That was fantastic to see. Um, Yeah, it's a little bit tough, isn't it? (laughs) Grundy's Grundy's the best option anyway.
0: No no matter what you do, Grundy's the best option.
1: I think I would do Petrarca into Grundy. Can you do that into Grundy? Yeah, perfect. You can. Um, I feel like Adelaide are going to get beat up on, and Petrarca is that guy. That can like have thirty touches and kick three goals. Yeah, I feel like he's got really high upside there, so that, that's probably going to be my my the punt.
0: I like it, Petraka into Grundy. Um, now, I'd like you to read out Wushka's question before we start looking to head off. It's
1: an absolute stitch off I need you. Um, I need
0: you to re- read every word as well right. as I've done. I don't want you to disrespect <laughs> Wushka. Uh,
1: Wushka says. Pistol, can you ask JB who he thinks is most likely to debut first out of Kieran McBride, Jack Maybaum, Keaton Coleman, Cameron Tahini, uh, Biggie Newen, and Stefan Okenbohr? He's just planning his final upgrades.
0: That was decent. I, I respected that from you. Um,
1: I have no idea if any of them were right, but I figured if I say it confidently, uh, no one's going to question it. At
0: least two of them were right. Okay, I'll give you that.
1: You're going to um, have to explain this joke, I think. Pretty, well, well, it's probably obvious. Well,
0: pretty much, yeah. <laughs> if if you don't know, um, Pistol's really bad at pronouncing names. He's been calling McInerney, McInerney for a while, um, which is <laughs> which is weird. Uh, Georgiades has, has had probably a dozen nicknames. He even called <laughs> Barbecue, as the initials are in the slack, as BBQ several times, and then dragged me down with him. Um, I also said it after hearing him say it. I don't know why. Um, but pretty much, Pistol can't pronounce anyone. But I think those were actually decent pronunciations, so I think Ushka will be uh, very proud.
1: I appreciate that, BJ. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. Okay, uh, that's not starting. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so I think we've pretty much worked through the, the gist of it. So, um, Stuart and Duncan are the obvious options this week. I, I don't think you need us sitting here to tell you that. Um, as you said, the the actual option between the two can be more difficult. I think you opted for Duncan... Um, considering the best 18 kind of suits that. I like Stuart just to get Ling the hell away from your field if possible. Um, But either way, you're you're probably looking to get the next one in the week after for the same um, amount of price rise. So just pick whatever your team is dependent on. Um, We were divided on the Gorn um, debate, but we're definitely in agreement on not going Gorns to Draper. So um, try to avoid that if possible. Um, otherwise, the the captain's choice. Um, if you don't have Neil good luck, and that pretty much summarizes it, Pistol.
1: Yeah, you just need to listen to the last two minutes, and you don't even need to listen to the whole podcast. Nah, I will. I will it's, just it's say, hearing
0: our thoughts on it though, <laughs> hearing us break it down, it can be really good for people. So don't don't sell us short here, Pistol.
1: No, no, I I do agree, but I think um something just as a takeaway, I see a lot of people trying to hold on to, I guess rookies that are going to make more money this week before trying to cull them to Duncan and Stewart so for example Pickett scored really well so they're like oh well I'll hold Pickett another week because he'll make another 25k and I'll sell him next week and I'll I'll get Duncan next week for Pickett but Duncan's going to make more money this week than Pickett Stewart and Duncan are going to make more money than nearly every single rookie this week. So, I would be prioritizing getting them in rather than waiting a week to try and, you know, let your your rookies go up in price because the premiums are going to go up in price as quickly as the rookies, um you know, just for this week. So, just like I guess, think about that when you're making your trades.
0: Absolutely. Um Yeah, for sure. And try your hardest to do your trades as late as possible. So as much as the temptation is to see all your team lined up perfectly and get all your loopholes of vice-captaincy options um, locked in, um, just try and leave things till the last second. It can leave your league matchup pretty confused as well at times, which I find is handy. Um, that's pretty much going to summarize us, mate. That's going to do the podcast for the week. I guess um, we've got a date Saturday morning coming up, so that's going to be fun. I'll, I'll make sure I keep that clear. We may, Maybe we do it over brunch or something. Um, I do, again, apologize for the um, appearance of my dog in the background there. He he actually has calmed down. I hope everything's okay out there. It's kind of too quiet for my life. <laughs> I've got a house inspection tomorrow, so the hopes are not high right now. Um, but, But we do appreciate everyone listening, and we've got some socials, Pistol.
1: Yes, Uh, if you have any questions, we'll do our best to answer them. Obviously, this week, it'd be a little bit messed up because most players will probably be locked in by the time you come and ask us. But you can find myself at pistol underscore DRSC. You can find JB at JB underscore DRSC. And you can find Cheezo. He does still exist at Cheezo with a Z underscore DRSC. And the main Dr. Supercoach page at Dr. underscore SC. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider donating to the Cancer Council, particularly if you have uh, donated for dumb things or do have a donut. Donate for donuts. It is a buy-around after all. And lastly, if you want to get involved into our Slack and ask some questions, uh, please feel free uh, to join as a Patreon. It is $3 a month, so quite good value there. And uh, come along for a lot of Supercoach talk and banter. And uh, thank you all for listening, community.